0: Black and gold football lives here, Here. 24-7. You're listening to SNR. Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio.
1: high noon on a Tuesday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. Time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours here on SNR. It's Arthur Moats, It's Wesley Euler. It's our little two-hour corner of the universe to talk some football. Some foot ball. And Yin's already know the drill. You want to chime in anytime over the next two hours, you can do so on the dot com. Of course, I'm talking back at twitter.com. You can find us there at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body and I, I wonder what we could be talking about today. I mean, not really much going on in football land, not really much going on in Steelers land, Mozi, except no, man, for just
2: another boring uh, what's today? Tuesday. You know, during quarantine all the days run together. So, whatever <laughs> that's right. uh, yeah, yeah. Remember we decided this. There's only 3 days during quarantine. There's yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that's it, man. That's so, it. So, one of them days.
1: <laughs> but yesterday was a, a pretty exciting day for Steelers Nation if you can't pick up on a, a little bit of my sarcasm there. Benjamin Roethlisberger. Big Ben. All right, if you haven't seen the video by now, what do you, what have you been doing? I mean, I have mean, you been living under a rock? Have you, you been, been in quarantine? <laughs>
2: like, what have you been doing?
1: Did you cancel your internet service? Or like, like what, what's you? going on? Okay, I, I guess I'll say this. If you lost your cell phone or something yesterday, I guess then maybe you have an excuse. But for the rest of you mm. for, for, re- for the rest of yous, for to, the rest of yous, to do my best Stephen A. impersonation, I'm talking to the rest of yous. Ben Roethlisberger back slanging the pigskin in a video that was released by his social media, the Steelers' social media, yesterday at Quaker Valley. I don't know if it was the high school or middle school, some football field what are those there. Quakers. Benjamin Roethlisberger throwing the football to Juju Smith-Schuster, Ryan Switzer, James Conner. You know, a nice little Big Ben and the kids, if you will. Almost there. Mm, you know, it's I funny. see what you're doing we there. Use, you know, we use that term with the Penguins, sit in the kids. This is kind of like Ben. Yeah. This is kind of like Ben and the kids a little bit. Uh, Arthur Motes, we had a little chance because this happened in the second hour of our show yesterday, right at the end of the second hour. Honestly, man, you know now that you've had some some time to think about it, you know what's your what are your what's your thoughts, your overarching thoughts here on uh, on the video release, the the haircut, the trim up, and and everything that we saw from Ben and uh, and the Steelers on social media yesterday. Man,
2: I share in uh, Steeler Nation's excitement. Um, I think obviously him coming back and doing that video, we talked a little bit about it yesterday in terms of. You don't put that out there if you have any doubts or concerns that you're going to be ready to go at 100%. Not 70%, not 80%. You don't put that video out there. You don't draw that type of excitement if you don't truly believe you're healthy. So, with that being the case, I'm 100% wholeheartedly believing that this guy is 100% ready to go. And that makes me that much more excited because when you look at this Steelers team, last year they had everything in place except the quarterback Mm -hmm. play. And it's not a knock at Mason Rudolph for uh, Devlin Hodges, but it's a reason why Ben Roethlisberger is Ben Roethlisberger. So when you look at that regard, how could you not be excited about it? How could you not feel extremely optimistic about it? Because you know what he's capable of. We've seen him time in and time out produce, we've seen him producing big games. You've seen him make, you know, just the, the impossible look possible. I've been on the field for some of this stuff is nuts. <laughs> I mean, when he gets going, he's going. Yeah. So for for me and still a nation, we're all extremely excited about it because you know that your chances of winning have drastically increased. I mean, think about even before the video, right? When we would just hear some of the reports, of course you would feel optimistic about it. The season, you would feel that, hey man, this team should win nine, ten games. But it was always lingering in the back of your head, how healthy is Ben? Right. How good is he right now? Is he as good as they're saying he is? Is the smoke and mirrors where they're saying one thing, but we don't see anything? So maybe it's not that. But seeing the video that he posted, not not the Steelers posting it, because if the Steelers posted, you still feel like okay, it could be some media propaganda with that. They're just
1: everyone (laughs) needs content, right?
2: And they're just going this route. But to see him post from his personal Twitter account, for me, that was the big stamp of approval. That was the big okay it's legit it's time yeah. he's ready to go we're legit contenders and i think for me man that's what makes me most excited about it
1: yeah i think you you make a good point there with where you started in terms of the expectations i, I think that's you know that's something that i hadn't thought about that i think you that's a, a great observation by you that if ben had any doubts in his mind that you know what his recovery was going to look like the entire process his availability as we head into, you know, what would normally be OTAs and minicamp time and, and obviously training camps starting in late mm-hmm. July. And that was always the, you know, the time frame that we heard mm-hmm. was that around this time you wanted to see Ben start throwing footballs again. And then maybe, you know, by training camp in July, you can ramp up that, that workload a little bit more. I think that's a really astute observation by you, Arthur Motes, because if there was any doubt in Ben's mind that things weren't going well, Right? You're not putting that out there. You, that the recovery was going to take longer, <laughs> right. that the surgery didn't go as well as everybody hoped. Any of you know the list of things in the negative column, in the cons column that you could list, I don't think he would have put a video like that out because, as you mentioned, everyone's going crazy. And now the expectations are... You know, hey, yeah, I, I don't know. We're all sitting here and saying, oh, Ben, you know, Ben's got to throw for more than 5,000 yards, and he's got to throw for close to 40 touchdowns. Oh. No, it, it, it becomes two letters. S-B. Yeah. Period. The, uh, the Period. Super Bowl. The expect The expectation is that the, with the video yesterday and with what we've seen now, I think maybe the fairest way to put this, Motes, is that the Steelers' offense can be on par with what we saw from the D, or maybe not even on par, but at least bridge that gap between what we saw, how good the defense was last year and the struggles of the offense.
2: Yeah, absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, we know what Ben has done with less talent sometimes. Yeah in terms of some of the receivers that he's played with. I mean, he hasn't always had A.B. He hasn't always had San Antonio. Now, granted, we can go down the list and name some of the prominent players he's played with without, without a doubt. But for every Antonio Brown, for every Hines Ward, he also had a Lyman suite. He also had a Sammy Colts who had issues catching the ball. He went into an AFC championship game with Kobe Hamilton as his number one receiver. So we've seen both sides of that. But the one thing that stays constant through it all is Ben is always productive. Ben is always placing the ball where it needs to be placed. Even last year, the opening game against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Granted, the numbers weren't there, but that was largely in part to the drops that were associated in that game with Dante Moncrief. Those balls were hitting him in the hands. So when you look at that element of it, you know he can take anything and make it awesome. But now you have to be more excited because now you have Juju who's going to be healthier this season. You have Deontay Johnson who's coming off of a really good rookie campaign. we're all excited projecting what he can be. And now we're ready to see what he can do with Big Ben. James Washington was primed to have a breakout season with Big Ben. All these things got derailed, and even with Deontay and James Washington, they still were highly
1: successful last year. I I think we feel much better about them now than we did this time last year, yeah.
2: And then you add in Chase Claypool. Obviously, you have Mm -hmm. Eric Ebron that you bring over through free agency. I mean, when you look at the weapons now with a healthy Ben, that's scary. Because you know he's motivated. You know, I mean, anytime you have to sit away for the game from injury, you can't wait to get back out there to prove it. Just licking your chops. So for a guy that, I mean, when you talk about business, the most time he's missing his career, I mean, he has to be chopping at the bit to get back out there. And those guys that you saw in the video, you saw how happy they were? Yeah. They're like, oh, my God, like he's back because they know what (laughs) that means. Juju's thrilled. (laughs) I mean, for those guys, let's let's put it in into to, to layman's terms. Man, for them, not only are their stats going to go up, but you're talking money, contract sure, years. Sure, sure. You want to go contract year with your your dogs with with, with fully loaded. Hey, if we're gonna go to the game, let's make sure I take my best player with me. Okay, all hands on deck. Absolutely. Yeah. So that sets everybody up for a positive situation, and that's the thing that makes me really excited. And I know that's why they were excited because they understand the significance of having been back.
1: There's a lot of a lot of that positivity, I think, now when you think about the offense, right? Talk about the guys who were there last year mm-hmm. and how we think they all stand to improve, to get better. Some of them, like we think like a Deontay Johnson in leaps and bounds, even potentially, and then a guy like Juju, who maybe it's just more so, you know, refining that spark, that that element of his game that he had his first two seasons. And then yeah, you touch on it. You bring in a guy like Chase Claypool, who we know. Ben, early in his career, right, was more vocal about this than he has been over the second half of his career, mm-hmm. and you kind of, you just talked about this in a way too, Ben's had talented wide receivers during the Steelers doubt. tenure, there, there's doubt. no doubt about that, but he hasn't had many of the Plexico Burris or the Mark Tavis Bryants, it's been more, Big speed. it's been more Antonio Browns and Santonio Holmes and, and Mike Sanders. Wallace yeah. and Manny Sanders mm-hmm. Money team. Right. And again, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with those type of wide receivers. Uh, Obviously, those guys are all fantastic in their own right. They're Super Bowl champions, Super Bowl MVPs, if we're talking San Antonio Holmes, in that conversation. But Ben... And I think not just Ben, every quarterback. There's something about a 6'4 wide receiver that can run four that can, four. That can <laughs> run, that has that <laughs> radius. And he only had a couple years with Plex, and he only had a couple years with Martavis Bryant. I think he's got to be excited about that opportunity. You mentioned Eric Ebron as well. The offensive line, even. You bring in some reinforcements there, and it's not another Super Bowl champion in Wisniewski. The backfield, you hope Benny Snell gets a little bit better. You hope Anthony McFarland can contribute as a rookie, can find a role, can find a. A niche, if you will, in this offense as a rookie. Yeah, I, I I understand why the guys around Ben are excited. I understand why Steeler Nation yesterday was a great day all over social media. And I think two motes. I think chief most among them though, the guy that has to be looking around like, all right, let's get this going. The most is Ben because Absolutely. because now he's got the defense and and he's got the weapons on offense. Absolutely.
2: I mean, for I mean, because you got to think the past couple of years for Ben. It was him doing all the heavy lifting. Sure, Defense wasn't up to par. Defense is up to par now. Now for seven, he's like, man, we legit can go ahead and do this thing. Like, we we have one of the most complete teams in the NFL right now. And if I'm the missing piece, I mean, for him, he has to be enjoying and thriving in this moment because he's built for this. This is what he does. And like I said, he's done it with less. He's done it with, you know – different injuries or, or different uh, parts of the team not being up to par. So for him, man, this is one of those perfect situations, and we all know he wants to get another Super Bowl. We all know that. So when you factor in that element of it, man, it's the perfect storm coming into this season right now.
1: I got a stat for you Oh, before we go to break. Uh-oh, shout out and to good, the numbers. Good old-fashioned tease for you here. Uh, Kevin Colbert has said this. A few times this offseason, mm-hmm. I think most recently at the combine. Don't quote me on that, but he said okay. that, he said this stat a few times this offseason, and I think during the course of the end of last year as well. The Pittsburgh Steelers all time, when Benjamin Roethlisberger starts at quarterback, and the defense gives up 21 or fewer points, mm. 121 and 20. <laughs> 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 I mean, <laughs> gosh, uh, what's that like an 80? percent Jeez. win percentage 80 some percent win percentage I'm trying to do the quick wow. math in my head I want to talk about what that looks like right with Ben wow. back with Ben back <laughs> in the fold in this defense next year let looks that, good let that yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's get let that marinate let that marinate in the brain for a second and we'll talk about that when we return 121 and 20 all time are the Steelers when Ben starts at quarterback and the defense gives up 21 or fewer points. Let's discuss that when we return. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler rolling along here on a Tuesday afternoon inside the Electric Factory at Steelers Blitz on SNR. 121 and 20. All time. Oh, a lot of wins. Are the Pittsburgh Steelers when Benjamin Roethlisberger starts at quarterback, and the defense gives up 21 or fewer points. Motes, (laughs) this is going to be like the duh of all duhs, but... Man, that's the, that's the recipe for next season. The It doesn't have to be the, you know, we want to score 31 points a game. Why not? Again. I mean. That was a fun era. It was fun. You're right. That was your era, too, We're
0: going to shoot it out
1: every
2: game. Come on, baby. <laughs> and, hey,
1: hey, if the Steelers still want to hang 30, 35 points every yeah. game, I'm cool with that. I'm just saying you don't – with the defense that the Steelers have. You don't have to go that route. I think the recipe is – like, not entirely along these lines because I think we're all hopeful and and looking for Ben to be better than this. Correct. But the recipe is similar to the lines, I think, of the 2015 Broncos team that won the Super Bowl. Mm. Now, again, Peyton Manning that year had – I heard a person say more, Peyton Manning had, couldn't play dead in a Cowboy he, movie he, that year. Bro. He he almost had more intercep- – I think he almost had twice <laughs> as many interceptions as he did touchdown passes yeah, that season. Yeah, it was season. bad, bro. He finished with less than 10 touchdown passes. He finished with like 17 or 18 interceptions. But he, the team was seven and, and, and a fake sack. Right. First right. down. Don't leave that out, please. The team was seven and two in the regular season when he started, even though he was not the Peyton Manning that we were accustomed to. I, I just feel like that's the worst case scenario for the Steelers, but it can be better than that because Ben's going to be better than Peyton was that season. And if the Steelers' defense can be what they were last year. Statistically, they looked a lot like that 2015 defense. Uh, They were third against the pass last year with the Steelers, first in takeaways, and third in yards allowed per carry on the ground. That's pretty good. That Broncos team in 2015, first against the pass, eighth in turnovers, first against uh, in terms of rush attempts, uh, yards per rush attempt. So if you look at it statistically, right, last year the Steelers' defense was pretty similar yes, very to true. that 2015. You know, the, they got the stud pass rusher in Vaughn I was Miller. say, like – Now it, you got T.J. Well, Watt. And, and
2: honestly, when you looked at it even more so than just – like I don't want to just isolate T.J. and Vaughn, because think about it, it was Vaughn and Demarcus Ware. That's true. So that's, that's great your point T.J. Watt-Bud-Dupree you. And uh,
1: Derek Wolf on that Correct. defensive line was, and a, that's was your a piece Hayward, Which
2: I would take Cam mm-hmm. over Derek Wolf especially that season. But then I feel like we still have more dip. But no, no, no. They had Malik Jackson. Yep. We have Stefan Tua. So very much similar Those fronts were built board in the similar. Front. Yeah. And then when you talk about the back end, obviously Tlaib. keep Tlaib. Yeah. Akeem Tlaib. Chris Harris Jr., mm-hmm. Joe Hayden, Steven
1: Nelson. Mm-hmm. Then
2: when you would go to the secondary, I mean, the safety spot, they had TJ Ward. I forgot the yeah, other I'm safety. Tr- I was
1: trying to think that too. TJ Ward and. I'm drawing a blank on who I'm the other a guy, guy was. right now,
2: too. But obviously here in Pittsburgh, we have who? Minka Fitzpatrick and Intro Edmonds as well. So in, in all those veins, very identical in the structures of both of those defenses. Mm-hmm. And then when you looked at the linebacker position, obviously Devin Bush here, Vince Williams. Then from there, I, I want to say they had, oh, man, what's the kid's name? Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank on him too now. He got uh, Trevathan. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. right. Trevathan, yeah. <laughs> he was the linebacker there, man.
1: That's right. That's right, and Manny Sanders was on that team, correct? Yes, he was. Yep, Yep, Mm -hmm. he was, and that was Wes Welker had left the year before, I think. But, yeah, looking at the defensive side of the football, a lot of similarities there. And I think Motes, right, so, again, if the 21 or fewer points is the target, and, again, that stat, Steelers, 121 and 20 all-time when Ben starts at quarterback and the defense gives up 21 or less. If you look at last season, Motes, and you take away the first – couple games of the year right the Patriots game obviously Seahawks score 28 the Niners score 24 Ravens had 26 but that was an overtime mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean who else Colts I mean, had 26 and that's with the the league MVP right Colts had 24 all right Steelers still win that game I mean that was it that's that's the only time they give up more than now, 21 points the Colts game we do we have we give up a safety that game Correct, which would knock that down to twenty two. Yeah, because I remember
2: because I'm even thinking about the Rams. Remember the Rams? They scored
1: the on Rams defense. Rams scored, but they, they only had twelve points. Yeah, they
2: scored on defense. <laughs> I want to say the Colts they had a safety. I want to say they got a safety. They that did. Game. They hundred percent got a yeah. safety
1: that game. I don't think they scored a defensive touchdown Correct. though. Or because when I look at like the,
2: the safety, I look at it as that doesn't count on the defense. I, I'm with you hundred percent,
1: and I would say like a special teams touchdown yeah. or, or something like that would be similar. But I don't. Yeah, I think in the Colts it was just the two points. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you look at it, especially down the stretch, and you take out that last Ravens game. I mean, they give up 16 points to the Jets, 17 points to the Bills, 17 points to the Cardinals, 13 points to the Browns, 10 points to the Bengals. Uh, That's the recipe right there. Absolutely, man. Be smart on offense. You know, get in the 20s every single game. Don't turn the ball over. I think this is an important thing too, Motzi, that like is so under talked about with the Steelers defense last year. Matt Williamson brings this up a lot. And Matt I, I think it's a very astute conversation by him. You look at the Steelers' defense statistically last year, right? And it's very impressive. The turnovers, the takeaways that they had, insanely impressive motes. And that came with the entire year. Do you remember there ever was ever a time where it's the last five, six minutes of the game? hmm Steelers are up by a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And the opposing defense has to pass. Mm-mm. And TJ Watt and Bud Dupree and Cam mm-hmm. Hayward and all those guys can just pin their ears back and yep. go quarterback hunting. That didn't happen last year, not at all. And they still had all those takeaways and all those sacks as an offense, right? Let the defense rest. Put them in opportune situations. You know, control the time of clock. Don't turn the ball over. Put them in short yardage, short field situations. Score 20 cool. some points a game. That's the recipe. And the Steelers and, and, are going to have a lot of success. And the
2: thing that's funny. If we were talking this in terms of the recipe for success and Ben wasn't the quarterback, you would sit here and say, man, those are very lofty expectations, right? You might be putting too much on. you might be asking too much of these guys. But the thing, the beauty of this whole situation is that's very realistic here in Pittsburgh. We've seen them do it before. We know that they have all the pieces in place to do these things. Correct. So I think that's the reason why you can be optimistic but not foolishly optimistic. Because I'm sure, I mean, it's been times throughout this offseason where people have been foolishly optimistic. Oh, yeah. And, and without no credence it go- or fact, it goes it's, both just, ways. it's just, hey, man, I believe it's going to happen because I'm a Steelers fan. Like, that's not how it works, yep. but I got what you're saying. Yep. But when you're looking at this and we're talking about these factual things in terms of what the Steelers need to do to be the best team they can be, you're not asking too much to ask that offense to score three touchdowns a game. No. You're not asking too much to have this defense not allow more than three touchdowns. Trust me, if they're giving up more than 14 points a game, they're going to be they're going to feel some type of way about that because that's the expectation. That's what they feel they're capable yep. of. And I've been in those meeting rooms. And for a fact, they don't hold themselves to league standards in terms of the league. They always say, hey, man, 17 points or less – or excuse me, 21 points or less – under 100 rushing, under 250 passing. No, you know what we hold ourselves to in here in Pittsburgh? We look at the years where Dick LeBeau had the number one ranked defense every year, and you look at those numbers, under 50 yards rushing, under under 200 yards total off and stuff like that. And those are the goals that the Steelers' defense holds themselves to.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I mean, and, and call it foolish because obviously the times have changed. In terms of the way these offenses are structured, the oh, rules associated
1: with it, hundred percent.
2: But they understand, hey, if we want to be successful, we have to emulate the most successful teams out there, and that's with the Steelers' defense, which was legendary. You think about was it 08, I want to say mm-hmm. that year was. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was crazy, crazy. So that's the that's always the new goal. It's like, hey, man, we got to try to we got to get our numbers like how those numbers were.
1: Right, and that's what you're always chasing. And that's that's what you want to have as an organization, right? Is that history of that standard, right? Of excellence, the standard being the standard. That's what they say. That's a great point by you. And I think with all this too, it's 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 it becomes even more attainable for the defense. I agree. Right? One of the things that we haven't talked about in this conversation now, a half an hour into the show, I think the return of Ben automatically is a big boost to the run game. -hmm. Because we can't, we're not going to see last year where these teams, (laughs) these teams are putting eight, nine dudes in the box. Like that's ridiculous, man. That's not going to happen with Ben out there. And hey, if it does, good luck. He's gonna eat you <laughs> put, alive. Put Chase, <laughs> put Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson and Juju all in single coverage and, and good luck. And one of those guys is gonna get open. We
2: score fifty today. <laughs> one,
1: of, <laughs> yeah, one of those
2: guys is gonna get open. So you say you want to see 50 points score in an NFL game? I, okay. I, here I, we go.
1: I realize, Mozi. Don't give me Yeah, and it's not gonna be like the uh the Rams Chiefs Monday night nah, game from two years ago, right? Um I realize that there were it, there were things related not or. or Opposite from let me figure out what I'm saying here. There were things <laughs> <laughs> Got you all fumbling, man. Things, <laughs> single things unrelated to, <laughs> to Ben's absence last year that still affected the run game, right? Right. Uh, you need James Conner to be healthier. You need more from Benny Snell this year in his sophomore campaign. You needed more from the offensive line. That's all fair to point out, but I expect a lot of those things to improve with Ben too in the run game. And Mozart, our buddy Adam Crowley did a little research. The right? crowd, Man. There has been seven instances in the Super Bowl era where quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl aged 36 or older, okay? And Ben is 38 right now. Johnny Unitas won it at 37. Okay. Colts defense, seventh in the league. I think I know one of these guys that won it. I think you do. <laughs> you might You might know a couple of these guys that won yeah. it. Johnny Unitas, when they won it, the Colts, when he was 37, their defense, seventh in the league, their rush game. Sorry. Uh, yeah, defense, seventh in the league. Uh, again in points, ninth in yards allowed. Okay. Jim Plunkett, 1983, with the LA Raiders, mm. fourth in yards allowed on defense. Top ten rushing attack in the league. John Elway, 37 and 38 years old, 97, I think 98. I heard that guy before Broncos defense, fifth in the <coughs> league. The team rushed for the most yards mm. in the league. Peyton Manning, we just talked about 2015, right? Yeah. That don't Broncos. talk about Peyton Manning. I want to beat him up. I know. He's not my friend. I know. But that Broncos defense, first in yards against, fourth in points against. Some of these Tom Brady's teams, right? 2016, Brady, 39 years old. Patriots, third most rushing attempts in the league. Seventh most rushing yards, first in points allowed on defense. And then Brady's last Super Bowl, 2018, which will be his last Super Bowl victory, by the way. Talk about it. Third in rushing attempts in the league. Fifth in rushing yards in the league. Seventh best defense in the National Football League. Arthur Motes, the Steelers have the defense. They absolutely do. If they can find a way to consistently run the ball, man, that is the recipe. And they are going – it's going to be a fun season. They're going to have a lot of success.
2: Yeah, without a doubt, man. And I I, I agree with you in terms of James Conner and Benny Snell Jr. having the most to gain out of this situation. Mm -hmm. There is no way any coordinator is going to be in his right mind and say, hey, I'm going to single coverage any of these receivers. And less about the receivers, more so about the quarterback. It's certain quarterbacks that you say, "Hey, I'm not single coverage in against this guy unless I have the most elite." Like they're gonna just jam up every receiver to the point you can't get off the line. But in the NFL, the rules don't work like that. You got five yards, and after that, you got you can't touch them. And there's so many different concepts that you can use to help attack defenses that want to do a lot of that jamming and stuff like that, you can see your bunch routes or, or your bunch formations where you get two or three receivers stacked together closely in proximity or you're doing some of the motion and stuff like that, getting your receiver on the run that way so there's so many ways to combat that that mm-hmm. you just can't go into a game playing that way so in that regard, I mean if you're James Conner, you're Benny Snow, you know you're going to be facing lighter boxes now mm-hmm. Now instead of having Has to make to now instead of having to make two and three guys miss, you only got to make one guy miss and depending on, you know, the old line they might end up getting that guy for you. That's true. That changes everything. Now you're on the second level. Now is hey, I got a safety to beat. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. That's the matchup you're trying to – or I got a corner, he got to make a tackle. When we had Le'Veon, that's the biggest thing we would try to accomplish, either get him one-on-one with a safety, one-on-one with a corner. Because nine times out of ten, he's going to win that.
1: Mm-hmm. More often than not, that's a victory.
2: So when, when you're looking at James Conner and Benny Snell, they understand that's what it's going to be now. It's not going to be, I got two and three linebackers in a D lineman. Wait, you know what I mean? No, because they can't just, by the structure, mm-hmm. defensively, they cannot put that many people in that box, man. So that's the thing that is making it even more exciting when you're talking about this offense and why they can do some of the things we're talking about, which in turn, the better you run the ball, mm. your defense gets to rest more. Ooh. Now your defense that was already dominant last year that was playing way too many snaps – and hardly now, ever with a lead. Exactly. <laughs> now they're going to be in the lead and rested.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, man. when you look at Dude, how everything works. That doesn't get you works, excited as
2: a Steeler fan. I don't know what would. And that's the thing that when you're looking at how everything works in that regard is very beneficial. Then also, it's a carryover effect to the special teams element as well because check this mm-hmm. out. When you're able to move the ball successfully, even if your drive stalls around midfield, you realize now when you're putting that ball, that's a fair catch. You're you're dropping them inside the 10. It's the... We, we, you want it inside the 10, but at worst the 15, but that's a 15. You know, you catch on the 10 or the 15, no return. No return. Now that makes your net putting go up. Mm-hmm. Your field position battle, you're winning. Everything You're limiting the together. other team's big playability. Correct, whereas yeah. when you're kicking the ball, you're putting the ball from your own 20, your own 30. You know how much field you have to cover? You know how hard it is a lot
1: of space to, to
2: cover these guys and try to make open field tackles in that regard? Everything works together in the NFL. People sometimes look at it as, oh, this is isolated or that's isolated. No. It's why you hear
1: all three sides of the ball, (laughs)
2: right? (laughs) Absolutely, because they all play into it together. Think about this now as a defense, right? So the way the whole special teams element works. Mm -hmm. So say you've moved the ball on offense to about midfield, drive stalls, right? Ben can't get it in, drive stalls. Okay, you punt the ball. Now you're putting the ball. Like I said, they catch the ball on the 10-yard line, fair catch. They don't get anywhere, right? So now you have them backed up. Now this defense, you know what they're capable of. They hold them. They don't give up a first down. Now you're punting the ball from what, the 15-yard line? You're punting the ball into what, midfield? Do you know what that means for the return team? You see how everything goes together. And then from there, now you're getting explosive returns because once they they have to punt that ball far. They cannot try to just, oh, let's give them a little 20-yard punt. They have to punt this like like, boom it. Now you're getting a Deontay Jospec, who's an all-pro returner, Catching the ball, ball in the hand, plus grass. He's got space. 10, 20 yards for the nearest defender. Mm -hmm. Makes guys miss. Now you see, now you're getting the ball starting out that next drive at the 50. You didn't have to start at the 30 to move up. You're starting at the 50. And now you're in scoring range already. One first down, you're in scoring range. So that's how everything works in concert like that. And that's why it's so important. When you're talking about the return of Ben Roethlisberger, why as a team, as a team, everybody benefits from that, man.
1: You got me excited, mozi I can't help it, man. <laughs> what say you? I got a feeling the people. <laughs> I got a feeling stealing yeah. nations fired up as well, too. What say you about this quarterback conversation? Really just Ben Roethlisberger conversation that we've had here, how that relates to the offense, to the defense, to special teams, how all these things work together. We'll take your thoughts, obviously, on the Twitter machine, at Wesley Euler at the Body 52 <laughs> The Body. When we come back here, we want to transition a little bit and talk uh, the quarterback picture of the AFC North. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, there's some... Controversy? There's some big names. Some four some four big-name quarterbacks in the division all of a sudden. Heisman trophies. Uh, a couple Heisman trophies. Well, I guess well, more yeah. than a couple. Hey. A few Heisman Ooh. trophies. A few playoff wins that all belong Playoffs? to... Playoffs? It's, all it's like 13 of them, guy. right? 13 of them? But let's continue this kind of... I guess we'll call this quarterback day on the show here, Mozey. I like it. Let's look around the division when we return. Wrap up the first hour. We'll get to some of your tweets as well. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. You're tuned in Steelers Blitz a center my grandma and your grandma were sitting by the fire my grandma told your grandma. I'm gonna set your flag on fire
0: talking about me This is the Steelers Blitz With Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes On your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR
1: According to the Twitter.com People are having fun listening, Motesy Dude But no one has more fun than us doing this <laughs> not, not even close, man Not even close When you get
2: to cutting on the ones and twos Dropping some of these beats I'm just like, ooh Hey, cook it
1: Cook it Yeah
0: <laughs>
1: you know like our sports our sports takes often a line but our music and video game takes oh, yeah. are even even better no question that's one thing we agree upon <laughs> 1000 <000%. laughs> percent. our buddy david the photoshop extraordinaire hold on i'm getting a little too excited we got to, just let's fade down the music a little bit all right fade down the music just a little we'll keep it rocking i mean how could you not David says we're witnessing our very own version of the last dance in Pittsburgh. Big Ben's final years in the black and gold. Mm. We can only hope it ends with confetti and champagne. Need that. That's a yeah. Need I, I, It that. is. I I do. It's not a one year thing, right? Because I think we both expect Ben to play more than one year. I agree. Yeah. Um. But I mean, how, I, how many? How many years back then? Set the over under at two and a half right now. Mm hmm you think that's fair yeah cuz i'd i'd say under i think probably two more years
2: i'm saying under as
1: well but a third year w- wouldn't shock me like that, that w- would not shock me correct um but yeah i'd set the over under right now at two and a the, half the only reason
2: i say under is because i think he wins a super bowl this year
1: okay that's a great point it changes a lot yes yes that changes a the lot super bowl this year or next yes. year i think you that ride changes off a lot. john mm-hmm. elway style into correct. the sunset yeah and that's you know number 7 that's his guy that'd be right. A, that'd be that right think about that a nice man. little yeah, yeah. um I think though, in a in a way, right? This whole kind of the the last dance. If you want to relate that to the Steelers Mm -hmm. conversation, I do think there's some parallels there where it's not necessarily a one year thing, because uh, you and I both just agreed. I I think we'd both, unless the Steelers win the Super Bowl this year, we'd be shocked if Ben wasn't back in 2021. Absolutely. I do think though, it's it's a last dance whether it be a year, two years, three years, for a lot of long-time benchmarks within the Steelers organization. Mm. Uh, obviously, the quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. But this is something that we've talked about, and I don't think it's like a secret anymore. I mean, he's come out and publicly said it, right? You know what, what Kevin Colbert has said about how, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the end of my career. I'm doing this thing year to year. I think there's a lot of people, Mozi, within the organization who have that kind of Kevin Colbert mindset but haven't necessarily gone public with it. Where... We got the defense. We got Ben. We think we got another chance here for the next couple years, right? Let's ride. Let's see if we can make one more run. Let's see if we can get another Lombardi, another ring. And then once it's time to kind of turn the page and 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 rebuild in a way, that's when I'm I'm gonna hang them up. I think from the front office, you know, Kevin Colbert and, and some people there. I think from the coaching staff, some of the you know some of the more senior members of the coaching staff, and I mean even people that work on the and at the facility, people that work in the cafeteria, trainers, absolutely. And, I think that we are starting to see the end of what's been just an incredible Steelers era. For again, a lot of the the benchmark names and personalities from again front office to to on the field to the coaching staff, I do think that it is a a kind of a, a last ride for a lot of those guys in that regard that all right, let's go make another run at this in the next two ish years um before, you know, before some of us decide to uh to hit the clubhouse. Yeah, man, I definitely agree with you in that regard. And you hit it
2: right on the head when you said not everybody has been more outspoken and vocal about it. Obviously, Cobra, with the way his contracts are structured now, that kind of was the telltale sign in that regard. But ultimately, I think that is one of those unspoken things that a lot of people are knowing. And, I mean, it's hard not to blame them for that. I mean, when, you, when you're when you thinking about the journey and how long, sure. how much you put in this, how, how much invested – you have been for this cause when you finally get it once you, I mean, cause I feel like you get that first one and it's kind of like, all right, whew, that was fun, but you really don't understand how hard it's going to be. Then you get, you go to another one. Oh man. So okay, we won this one? We went to another one a couple years later and lost, but it still doesn't click in terms of how difficult mm-hmm. it is. And now you look almost a decade later <laughs> I mean, realistically, it's been more than a decade now, yeah, yeah. Because the last one they went to was in 10, but the last one they won was, what, eight? Eight, yep. So when you factor in that, yeah, it's, it's different, man. When you finally get this one, this is the one that you probably would
1: cherish more than you did the first one. Sure. Just I think because everything you've invested in. it. There is a weird dynamic with that that you just hit on there. You, you nailed it perfectly, where the first one, it, it, it depends for a lot of people in their situation, right? Like, I think for someone like Ben, Okay, who got his first one so young? I mean, still what twenty three? Crazy, twenty three years old, second year in the league. I think you just alluded to that perfectly, where you can kind of, and I know like right, like Dan Marino has talked about this before. Mm -hmm. His rookie year with the Dolphins, they went to the Super Bowl, and he thought it's gonna be every year. It's gonna be every year. Uh, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin have talked about that. You know, in their first four years in the NHL, they've been to the Stanley Cup final twice and already won it once. This is gonna be every year. Cakewalk. There's the guys like that, right, who have the success early in their careers. And then I think eventually figure out how hard it is to sustain that and do that continuously. And even we talk about the Patriots dynasty, like they didn't have 10 years of of no Super Bowls in between those two, you know, the two groups where they had the success there, the three and three, if you will. Then there's the maybe the Andy Reid side of things, right, Mm. where you got to work and work and work and work Mm. and work and work and work. And when you finally get that first one, it's like, man. There's there's the two balances there. Like, I think there's a weird dynamic where for sports fans in their championships, you never forget your first. Right. Never. (laughs) But in a weird way, I think sometimes. The the winning and then falling back down and then winning again can be more rewarding if that in a weird way, like like the 2009 Penguin Stanley Cup to me, you know, will always be amazing. And, and the 2005 Steelers Super Bowl, right? Because those were the first time I saw the Steelers win the Super Bowl, first time I saw the Penguins win the Stanley Cup. But there would be something about the Steelers winning a Super Bowl this year or next year that would be pretty dang hard to top. Just like in 2016, the Penguins coming back when everyone for the prior two, three years had written them off and yes, said, indeed. all right, this is it, and they got that one championship, but that's going to be it. There's a real kind of interesting juxtaposition there where I think there's a lot of people for the Steelers, obviously, that would have the opportunity to get that first Lombardi, but I think there's a lot in that group of, like you talked about, who won one and are now like that they still have that taste in their mouth to get another one. Yes, indeed, man. And sometimes you'll hear this
2: in terms of people saying that you appreciate things more when you have to work harder for when you have to struggle for when you have to bleed a little bit for it. I mean, when you get those first, or when you have that success that you necessarily don't really understand how tough it was mm-hmm. to do – how tough it was to accomplish, your appreciation for it is different. Think to a parent that could give their child $1,000 versus you making that child work to get that first 1,000 or so on and so on in those regards. It's just a different level of appreciation. It's a different level of understanding associated with it. It's different when you have sweat equity Mm -hmm. in what you're trying to accomplish. And the more you put into it, the more you value it, the more – you hold it more significantly to you, the more is near and dear to you in that regard. And that's why when you can name off the various examples of guys who won one early in their career, guys who've had success late in their career, guys who've had success, went through a drought, had success Mm -hmm. again, all of those things have the same thing in common in terms of the adversity associated with it, the ebb and the flow. I mean, when you talk about a mountaintop and a valley situation – the mountaintop is only sweet because you know what the valley was like Hundred percent. before you got there. If you just started on the mountaintop, you have no appreciation for the mountain. You have no appreciation for, oh, man, this view is beautiful because that's all you know. But when you have to hit that valley for a little while, you're like, bro, this is dark. This is grimy. This is miserable. When you get back up there, you appreciate it on a whole another level, man.
1: I wonder if that's... When you were talking about that right there, it made me think of one guy, Patrick Mahomes.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: First year as a starter, MVP, AFC Championship game. Second year as a starter, wins the Super Bowl. Super Bowl MVP as well. Super Bowl MVP as well. Because you're right, there's the three different that you just alluded to. The guys who have success, right, and they taste the champagne right Mm -hmm. away. The guys who have the ebbs and flows. They have some success, then they have to build back up, right, and then they have some success again. So maybe John Elway is kind of the... Example of the first type, right? Didn't win his Super Bowl. Lost what? Three Super Bowls before yeah. he finally, four Super Bowls before he finally won two in a row at age 37 and 38. Shout uh, out to Terrell Davis. Shout out to Terrell Davis. Speaking of which, uh, Jerome Bettis, another one of those mm-hmm. examples, right? Yes. At the very end of his career, finally able to scale that mountaintop. Then We're you've got, the bus, baby. you know, the, the win and then struggle and then win again. Maybe that's like the Tom Brady example, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's the. The Russell Wilsons and the Patrick Mahomes who so ton of success right out of the gate. I think Russell Wilson has done a good job of getting back to you know trying to yes I would agree with um, that. to you know to see how hard it is to win and continue even though even that though success, I would say
2: with Russell's success early on I still don't equate it to Mahomes because Russell was viewed as being true, carried by that defense whereas Mahomes was viewed as the guy. Good point. And I think that still changed. Like when we talk, Sid the kid, he was still viewed as the guy. It wasn't like, oh, we're we're winning with Sid. Sid's yeah. cool. Like, he's the plus one. Like, no, no, no. Sid is the is The, headliner. the AJ yeah, team, you know I mean? he was the best player yeah, on the team. It's Michael yeah. Jackson, and y'all are the Jackson 5. <laughs> Let's put it in context Sid, here.
1: Sid's Beyonce, <laughs> Sid's Beyonce, and you guys are Destiny's Child. Yeah,
2: you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, he's David Ruffin, <laughs> and, all right? And Malkin's Kelly Rowland. Right, all right, 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 right. <laughs> all right. He's David Ruffin. Y'all are the Temptations, all right? Just put it in context here. <laughs>
1: he's Frankie Valley. You guys could be, be the four seasons.
2: You see what I'm saying? So so in that regard, even with Russell, I still don't know if he necessarily has felt it the same way. Yeah, that's a good point. Because he wasn't the alpha then, you know? Whereas now, I think if he were to win-win now and it solely would be because of him, yes. that changes everything. Everything.
1: You're that right. Everything. I think he would finally – he gets respect, but I still think he's a little – He's
2: doubted. They they still underrated. I mean, think about the season he was having last year. MVP caliber, but you know he didn't receive an MVP vote. He's never received an MVP vote, which is insane to me. You know, Big Ben never has either, which is nuts too. (laughs) It's nuts too. It's crazy when you think about that. But for Russell, he's always been overlooked because early in his career, the success that he had was totally overshadowed by the Legion of Boom, which is crazy in this day and age that a defense – could be more bigger than the offense right. and yeah, the young franchise quarterback. quarterback Because even in Denver, Denver's defense, I felt like was up there with the Legion of Boom. But because Peyton Manning was the quarterback, it was you never Manning. talked about, oh, the Broncos' defense. It was Peyton Manning, one went and walked off. So it was always a different regard and how you viewed it. Whereas when you look at Russell, Russell was always viewed as he was carried to those first championships, and he has to do so much more to prove that he is a good quarterback. Even when he has success now, it's still like— it's the opposite uh, way around now. Right, right. I mean, he has carried that organization for three, four years. But even still, even in these three or four years, the first two years of him carrying this team, of him carrying the Seahawks, he still wasn't viewed as doing anything dominant. It's true. It was just like, uh, all right, it's still more Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's a great coach. Great coach by Pete Carroll. Like no, look at what Russell's doing. Russell's out here shugging off ten guys and, and throwing a ball in the corner of the end zone on a dime to to Tyler Lockett. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tyler Lockett's smaller than you, Wesley. Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> and they would be like, "Oh yeah, great call, Pete Carroll. Great, great job by Pete Carroll. His like, ultimate motivator. Gosh, I love him over the to coach Tomlin. Like that's the next thing." I was like, "Yo, what, what are you talking about here? that, that is Russell. That is Houdini a quarterback right there, man."
1: <laughs> I I, I'm, I I've said this before. If I had to win a football game on Sunday, one football game. I'm not mm-hmm. talking like a, I'm starting a franchise long term because that's obviously a no-brainer, Mahomes. If I'm if I have to win a football game on Sunday, my first pick is Russell Wilson. Like, and I know that's Ooh-wee. probably not a lot of uh, that's probably not popular with a lot of people bro, around bro, here. Russ
2: gonna find a way though. That's that's the one even more so than Brady. Like Brady does things in terms of like you're just like wow, like that's crazy. But in terms of the escapability, the ability to create nothing – I mean, to create something out of nothing, Russell's probably the best at doing Mm -hmm. that.
1: And again, if you would ask me, if, if it was three years ago, I don't know if Russell would be my answer. For right, that, right, right. It would I think probably three years still ago, been Brady. It's probably, we'll see, if or it's, maybe even Ben. I'm I was going to say three yeah. years ago.
2: I'm thinking more of Ben yeah. because you're seeing what he was able to do, things he was capable of in terms of shrugging defenders off, making plays and stuff like that. Aaron Rodgers too yes, would be he, in that conversation, especially three, three years, years ago. Yes. yes, absolutely. But I think right now Russell. It's Russ for me. I mean, he's phenomenal in that department, and that's the thing. I mean. It's crazy. It has to do so much. This just now started to get that recognition.
1: Our buddy Thrash tweets, "My mood when mozi talks football, and it's a guy running through a wall." <laughs> We're all running through walls around here, baby. Talking about what this still team could be with Big Ben back in the fold after yesterday's video. We'll revisit that a little bit in the second hour. We'll also get into this uh, this AFC North the larger quarterback conversation that we've been With teasing. With all them Heisman trophies. Well. All, Woo! Them, all them Heismans. All them Heisman, the playoff wins. Woo-cha! I tell you what, there's a even the, the Ravens, right? Don't they have three Heisman trophy yes. winners? Because they have RG3, RG3 as well. RG3, Mark Ingram, and, Mark uh, Ingram and, and Lamar. <laughs> and they yeah. special, special. Yeah, I bet you they. I bet you they trade in those Heisman's for a playoff Man, win. Man, they're Ayo. special, special. Yahtzee. <laughs> we'll do. We'll look around the AFC North at the bigger quarterback picture when we return, as well as continue to get to your tweets at West Steeler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body inside the Electric Factory. Come back with us for hour number two. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR.
1: Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing?
2: Sensational.
1: Well, that's good. Euler and Motes with you here. Hour number two inside the electric factory on your 24-7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation radio. Yin's already know to drill. One hour into books, another hour to go. Chime in on the Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body 52 The Body. Where Steven says, you guys are my pandemic happy place. Thank mm. you, Steven. And this Man, is. Man, that's dope. This is uh, like, it's like a pandemic happy place for me too. You know. What? Because we get to look at each other? Because we get to look at each other. We okay. get to compare our hats every day and our shout out to the hat game. What? <laughs> our, our lack of <laughs> our lack of haircuts every day that we get to compare in here. A hat game on a thousand right now. I'll say this. So I've had like a weird, you know, through this whole pandemic quarantine, everything going on. Quarantine. Like the first couple weeks, I wasn't busy at all, right? And I was I like played a lot of video games and I did a lot of stuff around the house and that was fun for the first week or two. But then I kind of started to lose my mind. Mm-hmm. And then we had the NFL draft which like kept me busy working and it was good, you know, and Adam Crowley and I were doing that two hour draft show every day Mm -hmm. and it was enough to keep me busy while not being overwhelming. And I think that's kind of like what this is too. You know, then I had like a week or two of slow again and I was starting to lose my mind. But now that you and I are back, it's nice. You know, it's not like we're doing reunited and it feels so good. It's not like we're here working 16-hour days, busting our hump, right? We just get to come in, have some fun, do a little two-hour radio show. Talk food, talk music. Talk food, talk music, talk ball, of course. So thank you, Steven. We appreciate the kind words. And uh, this is our pandemic happy place, too. So we hope yens are enjoying it. You make me happy. As much as we are where Arthur Motes is just auditioning for, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, the Benedom's closed, but whatever's coming to the Benetton next. Man, just let me be me right now. I'm in my zone. All right, now, <laughs> now you've got me on a total side tangent. If you were to star in a Broadway play, Arthur Ooh. Motes, which one
2: would it be? Um, Broadway play, which would it be? Les Miserables.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Who would you be? <sighs> which character?
2: Man, that's yeah. tough. Yeah. That's tough. I don't even know. I like them all. <laughs> That's the bad part. Because then in my mind, I'm like, I'm like, well, well, I, I, wish I forgot the young lady's name ends up cutting her hair. I know Anne Hathaway is the ch- yeah. she plays her in the movie. Yeah. But I'm thinking of like her real name, like in the movie. Right. Right. I'm like, why can't that be me? I got long hair right yeah. now. I could shave my hair off for the role.
1: Like, it's called acting, sweetie. You all know? right. mean, yeah. right. I mean, it's 2020. I can play her. I can be that person. You know, Hillary Swank won an Oscar for for playing a
2: dude, right? Exactly. I mean, it's called acting. Come on, man. Let Come me on. show my let me show my depth. <laughs> you got gonna, more, you got more depth than Johnny. I want to show my depth. Oh, I like that.
1: Here all week, ladies and gentlemen. Here all week. Mine would be, I think, Phantom of the Opera. Oh. I'd be the Phantom. You would? Because I'd get to have that slicked hair with the Mm. cool mask, and I'd get to. Down once more (laughs) to the dungeons of my dark domain. Listen, don't get me started on, bro. I like it. You know how it is. The only thing that we can get on tangents more than sports is music related things. Absolutely. Which last one here? Uh, like a week or two ago, the Bruce Bruce Springsteen musical? Yes. Mm -hmm. Blinded by the Light. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Wifey and I finally watched it uh, like two weeks ago. And, you know, she being from the Philadelphia, South Jersey area. Oh, so that hit different for her. Her family, you know, like like her mom has seen Bruce in concert like 56 or 57 times, I Mm -hmm. think. You know, it was really good. If you're into the, uh, you know, the musical type movie storylines, Blinded by the Light, Bruce Springsteen, Fantastic. Listen, I'm not going to say that I cried, all right, but I might have cried.
2: It's nothing wrong with crying. You have to express yourself emotionally, man. If you hold it in, you're only going to hinder yourself, man. It's true. Show your growth as an emotional
1: grown man. It's true. I cry. You cry. We cry together. It's like Jimmy V said, right? You laugh, yeah. you yeah cry, and you, what was the other one? You laugh, you cry, and you think. That's mm, the perfect okay. day, right? You laugh, you cry, okay. you think. So I was thinking,
2: about, I think it was, it was the OJs. Cry. Cry! Cry! Together. <laughs> Can we get focused, please? We're never quitting our day job. Like, jeez We're
1: never quitting our day job. They just. don't
2: want to hear us singing and talking musicals. They want to hear us talking football.
1: <laughs> just, X's and O's. Joseph tweets The Power Grid is requesting that you guys get a camera in the studio. <laughs> a live feed it would be go- oh man it would be gold we might have to like facebook live or, or do something Dude. instagram live with the show one of these days we, we might have to do something like that that would if be If they could
2: really see what goes on in this. if studio. they could really <laughs> see
1: you know it would be fun like i if we could do something where we kind of predetermine like a debate day de- like you know how i was telling you i could i could share this idea with the audience real quick I had this idea uh, with Moats and I. Like, if, you know, we get into a a couple weeks here and the NFL cycle slows down a little bit and we have to kind of create some content here on Mm -hmm. the show, like a once and for all type where we take some of the greatest debates that Steelers fans have all the time. Yeah. And we hash them out on air. Like, for example, greatest Steeler coach of all time. Greatest Steeler coach of all time. Greatest Steeler quarterback of
2: all time. You got one game to win. Who are you taking? Bill Cowell or Mike Tomlin? Ooh.
1: Rod Woodson or Troy Polamalu, who'd you rather have, you know, of all the linebackers who was, or maybe like which era of linebackers was better. The uh, You know, the 70s steel curtain or the, the Debo, the farrier, the Joey Porter, the Lamar Woodley. Like we, we have a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff like that, that we could, uh, who's the Pittsburgh Steelers biggest rival. I mean, that, you know, like there's you're right because there's a lot of people who would say Cowboys. There's some some I think some people who might even still say Bengals or Browns, even though I think the majority would definitely be Ravens. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these debates that we have as Steelers fans. Right. I think a really good one would be best center in franchise history because there's there's four really, really good ones four Hall of Fame guys, I think. Uh, Motes and I were talking about, you know, maybe if we need, we can do some things like that, you know, at some point this summer. You know, only if the people want that, though. A once-and-for-all type and some of the – who's the best wide receiver in Steelers history? Or who's the best Steeler Nation radio personality in history?
2: Oh, no. Oh, my bad. All right, I was just checking. Everyone knows it's Adam Crowley, all right? You're right, you're right. It's the crowd, man. (laughs) I mean, he is my favorite person from (laughs) West Virginia. Hey! My bad. How dare you? My bad. But you're my second favorite.
1: I'm telling Blaine Stewart you said that.
2: Oh, you're right. You're right. Blaine, Blaine. <laughs> oh.
1: All right, Crowley, you, you drop down a notch. All right, Crowley's two and I'm three. That's fine. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now see, now I'm just laughing and we're all over the place here. All right, let's 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 reel it in. But maybe yeah, if we do something like that, if we do a debate day where we have set topics, I think that would be something where we could we could uh, you know Instagram live or Facebook live a little video behind it. Because I tell you what, the one day in our history when we should have had video in here. Was the day where you and I spent twenty minutes arguing about Dak Prescott and Carson Oh right? man, yeah. We had man. our boy Jacob in here producing that day. I think he, he was, was nervous. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. He was like holding us back. He's like, like, I don't know right, where hold guys. Hold
2: on. I don't know how physical this is about to get, but I'm, I'm a little concerned right now. Well, he's all like, I'm concerned for West because yeah.
1: if this does get physical, I mean, nah, it's gonna be it, 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 it's gonna be over real quick. I'm a big teddy bear. Quarterbacks, Arthur Moats. That's kind of been the uh, you know conversation of the day along some Steeler-centric topics. If we're looking at the AFC North. Right now, as it stands, I think you could make a, a pretty legitimate argument. Mm. Yeah, but then I forgot that Tom Brady's now in the NFC South. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's one of the more intriguing, more exciting NFL divisions in terms of the quarterbacks. All right, if we're looking at the NFC South and you've got Breeze and you've got Brady and you've got Matt Ryan... I mean that's that's pretty dang good. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, all three of those guys have been MVPs. I think Matt Ryan is close, but two of those guys will certainly be Hall of Famers. I don't know about Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matt's fringe right now, but he's fringe. Yeah, That's yeah. it's an intriguing quarterback division, and I think it's only it, like the next two or three years to kind of you know the end of the Ben tenure and to see if one of these three young guys. And I know with all due respect to what Lamar did last year and winning MVP, right? This is another thing that you and I have talked about on the show in the past. I never crown anybody based off of one year. So before I say that it's going to be Lamar's division for the next decade, I want to see him come back next year and have success again. I'm not saying he has to win the MVP and win 14 games again. But, you know, show it to me in a second year. It's going to be real interesting, I think, to watch the dynamic of so many young guys on their rookie contract who are still had a ton of success in college, still looking for that first... um, Playoff win, all those yeah. guys versus the veteran Ben Roethlisberger in the team who is, you know, trying to make some of those last runs with the, the proven quarterback.
2: Absolutely, I think that's the beauty of the NFL, like in terms of how it shifts the narratives, the storylines each year. I mean, if this is the conversation two years ago, we're not even talking about can these younger guys right. take over the 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 old school guys or a passing of the guard. That's the the phrase we always say. Oh, it's a passing of the guard this season. But when I look at how this year's playing out, and like you said, in terms of Big Ben returning, in terms of the quarterbacks in the AFC North that are very young, and trying to get to that level, I think, man, just being able to follow it is almost sweeter than the end. Yeah. You know I me. Mean? Wait, like, wait. Once it's all said and done, the I process think, versus the result conversation yeah. we had last like, week. Like, I think if we just look at at the end of the season, say, oh man, would well, that person ended up being like, I don't think it does the same as us being able to see week in a week out. Man, okay, Lamar's doing this, or Ben is doing this, or Baker is doing this, or Joe Burrow is doing that. I think that's the uniqueness of it. But I think with all four of those guys that I just named in particular, they all have something unique about them in their own right. I feel mm-hmm. like in the AFC North in particular, you don't really have the the lame duck quarterback or the the guy who really doesn't have the the it factor, quote-unquote, around him. Whereas these guys that we're going to be seeing this year and following, they all have that. And I think that's what makes this going to make this division that much more fun to watch and make that quarterback conversation in terms of can these younger guys keep up with the old guy? Figuratively speaking, of course, because you know, right. age is nothing but a number.
1: and no, 38, ain't that it's, old. it's
2: not old. We're in football terms we're speaking of. Right. But then the the flip side is can Ben show that he can still be the most dominant quarterback in this division. These are all the things that are going to be coming up this season that have already came up and that have been talked about at a rapid pace since that video dropped yesterday.
1: Yeah, 100%. So we'll get back more into that. Hundo P. And I got to ask Arthur Motes when we come back on the other side, too. Of the three young quarterbacks in the division, right? Mm. Burrow, Baker, and Lamar Jackson. If you were starting an NFL— Lamar Jackson? If you— Almost sounded like LaMartina there. I know a guy. Our fearless leader, Brian. If Arthur Motes was starting a franchise, you know, Madden styles, Starting a franchise and building a team, which one of those three young quarterbacks would he want? Mm. We'll get the answer Mm. next on the other side. Stay with us in the Electric Factory. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson. Sorry, hold on. Let me I gotta put some respect on Lamar's you name in that regard. Lamar Jackson and then the other two because those I, other two I, haven't I done what Lamar
2: has done. I personally don't like how you started out Lamar's thing. You ain't you didn't say reigning MVP.
1: Well hold on now. He is a Baltimore Raven, all right? So I gotta toe this line between uh, I, I respect that, and but,
2: but, too much adulation. See for me, like, I liked Lamar before he was a Raven. I liked him when he was at Louisville. Okay. I, you know what I mean? And, I did, too. I like watching changed, him play at Louisville. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I enjoyed watching him. I remember my first, like, national game watching him was when he carved up Florida State, and we were like, whoa. I mean, we, we thought he was fast. You saw him making Florida State look like they were in slow motion, which mm-hmm. I hadn't seen that happen since Vic Sugar Bowl game. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. crazy.
1: That is true. That's You know, Lamar Jackson is certainly – he deserves to be uh, separated from those other two. He's an NFL MVP. He won 14 games last year. And so, maybe it's an easy question. So, instead of saying just pick one, right, of those young three, why don't you, I, I want you to rank them for me, Arthur Motes. The young three quarterbacks in the AFC North, not named Benjamin Roethlisberger, one, two, and three. Which way are you going? All right. If I'm going. And this is in terms of, again, you know, if you want to, you're like building a team around these guys. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. do it
2: opposite of how you would do it because i need to like to start at one so i'm gonna start at three
1: okay <laughs> i like it hey as, as someone whose last name started with a u i was always at the back of the yeah. line so you i know? i like <laughs> it
2: so how you like them apples i like it so for me man uh i think it's pretty simple i go burrow mayfield and then i ended with uh reigning mvp lamar jackson and the reason why i do that i think with burrow he's a really good player at the collegiate level I think he can have success. I just don't think he has superstar potential at this level. I think more I mean we are going to talk about this anyways, but more of the Stafford's, mm-hmm. more of the Ryan's, Matt Ryan's like that's like best case And that's not a no- I think some
1: people would look at that as a knock. And that's it's not definitely a knock.
2: Not. I mean these dudes are, are Matthew Stafford awesome and Matt players. Ryan have
1: kept those two organizations no relevant for I mean a, think about this a Matt
2: Ryan is an MVP, also mm-hmm. Super Bowl appearance. I mean when you look at what both of those guys have done and no stretch of the imagination is it a slight at them. But I just don't see him in the same vein of the Mannings and the Bradys and the Breezes. I don't think he can get to that. Whereas I do think that Mayfield has the potential to – tap into that type of star power in the NFL in terms of a Drew Brees type. I think that's best-case scenario for him. Now, when we're talking about this, this is all obviously projecting. Sure. We don't know necessarily that either one of those guys are going to have that type of success that they're going to develop to that because a lot goes into it. It's more than just being a great player. You have to have the coaching around you. You have to have the players around you. You also have to make sure
1: that – stability. Exactly, which is
2: huge. And then off the field, make sure that you're not getting in any type of trouble and things like that. So it's a lot of factors that goes into a guy reaching his peak in terms of being as successful as he can be. But with Lamar, when we talk about him, the reason why I have him, number one, I just think that best-case scenario for him, he is Vic. And we saw how Vic dominated and, and transcended hmm. – anything. I mean, he is a megastar still to this day, and he's very polarizing. obviously because some of the off-field stuff that transpired around him, but,
1: but his the legacy only... as a football player plays into Absolutely. that polarization as but, well. But
2: I would also say this, he's the only person that could have went through what he did and still came back and received the support that he received, and that was mainly because of what he was able to do on the field, both pre and post that incident. I think if it was any other quarterback, any other player, and then not producing on that level that he was able to produce on, I'm talking immediately when he got out. Mm-hmm. I think it's a totally different conversation. But that's the 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 vein that I can see Lamar in in terms yeah. of success, in terms of what does he project peak. Enemy. And I mean for him, he's already checked off a major box and winning an MVP award. Like that's huge.
1: It really is.
2: I think about I mean, we talk about how great Ben is. Ben has never won an MVP. We talked about Russell Wilson never receiving a vote. It's hard. And this dude done it in his what second season? Mm -hmm. First season as the legit starter. That's I mean, we talk about Patrick Mahomes' success. Lamar Jackson's success is crazy too.
1: Yeah. In terms of what he's done in these first two seasons. He could be on that similar type trajectory if they're able to to make a run this year. Because people forget that. that.
2: And people forget with Mahomes that it wasn't Mahomes second, like, season in the NFL. Like, he right. was already – he already had one full season in the league. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't playing. He played the like, last like, two three like, games. Kind of like Lamar. Kind of like Lamar, absolutely. Sat most of their rookie year yes. and then got some spin at the but end. But people look at it like, oh, Mahomes, we've been in the league for two years. Like, no, he, he's been in the league. This is what going to be year four for him now, which mm-hmm. is why he's able to negotiate the contract he's about to potentially sign. But people forget that.
1: We talk about that organizational stability, too. And I think when you talk about a Lamar Jackson and you talk about a Patrick Mahomes and you talk even about a Russell Wilson, part of the reason why those guys were able to hit the ground running is because of the organization around them. The coaching staffs, the talent, the GM. the, the, the I mean, it's, it's that organizational stability that we haven't seen as much from Cleveland and from Cincinnati. Absolutely. Certainly. And which is why there's that crazy stat, right, of, like since 1999, Eli Manning is the only quarterback who's been picked first overall to win a Super Bowl. That's not because there haven't been good quarterbacks mm-hmm. picked first overall. That's because so often they've ended up in organizations that haven't done right by them. Absolutely, man.
2: So is, it, I wanted to ask you too before you do okay. your ranking.
1: Yep, yep. Which
2: organization do you think is more stable, the Bengals or so the that's,
1: Browns? Okay, that's exactly where I was going with
2: this. Because you, because
1: you, you're gonna do your ranking, but I really went to know, like, who do you think? Because this is nuts. And the slightest of slight edges. And I mean, this is like it's like the two kids who get picked last in gym class yeah. playing <laughs> playing a game of one-on-one here. I would give I would say Bengals in the slightest edge. And here's why. They haven't had uh, from the general manager and coaching positions, there's been more continuity there. And I realize mm-hmm. you can argue it was continuity just for continuity's sake. They right, weren't right. Winning, But but there hasn't been as much turnover in the Bengals organization as, the, as there's been that constant, 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 every year, every year, every year, changing of the guard in Cleveland. Uh, Mary Kay Cabot, right, she is the ESPN. She's, uh, yeah, like the ESPN reporter for the Browns, okay? At the Combine, we got a chance to talk to her. And... Dale Lally asked her a question about something, you know, related to the Browns organization, and she made a joke, but she was being serious. She's like, "People ask me all the time like about my sources within the Browns." She goes, "I never have any sources within the Browns because I meet these guys for a year and then they all get fired." Like like it's hard to uh, re- establish relationships and Very have true. sources when when it's new faces every year or two. I think, you know, look at look at Cincinnati. They you can say that there was the lack of the success, certainly, but they won division titles with Marvin Lewis and with Andy Dalton. I mean, they were going to the playoffs And they were going to the playoffs, and those guys were there for a decade plus. That is stability. That is some monicum of success, relatively, in the National Football League. Winning divisions and going to the playoffs and winning double-digit games, you're saving people's jobs. You know what I mean? Correct. It could be that or the Cleveland way, (laughs) you know? Um, So... (laughs) I,
2: I don't recommend th- yeah, that way.
1: I think I would I would I would say your answer to that question, I would say Bengals just slightly. Okay. You think I'm right there, or would you disagree? No, I could agree with that, man. I, I definitely
2: I think like you said, man, we we put a bad rap on Cincinnati. But they still were a very successful franchise. I mean, in terms of winning, they won the
1: division. Ask Detroit Lions fans if they wouldn't sign right. up for that. that I mean, I'm trying to think. They won the
2: division. What was it? It would have been... 12. 12, and then again in 15? 15?
1: Yeah, they won it twice. Yeah,
2: because during my four years here, that was the one year we lost. It was to them. Correct. And that was We had to go on the road to, you know, obviously the whole Jerry porter Phil <laughs> debacle
1: situation. <laughs> but yeah, man. Yeah, I... I would give Cincinnati a slight edge in that regard. But in terms of the two quarterbacks, let's look at just the quarterbacks there, right? Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow. Quarterback? Quarterback? quarterback. I think it's a it's a weird conversation. See, if we're ranking them right now, I agree with you. And I mean, obviously, Joe Burrow hasn't freaking taken a snap, in, not even in a preseason game. So everything with him is projections and what we saw from college. I would agree with you if we're ranking them right now. Lamar's the obvious number one, and then I'd go Baker, and then I'd go Burrow. Okay. And I think in terms of upside, that would might be my order as well, too. I, though, in this conversation that we're having, I might go with Burrow before I'd go with Baker Mayfield because mm, I, think his, okay. I think his floor is higher than Baker Mayfield's.
2: I do agree with that.
1: Like, you made a really good comparison when we were at break. If Baker Mayfield got the right coach, had the right career trajectory, like I think you think you and I both think he could be a Drew Brees-type quarterback. Whereas we say for Joe Burrow, we say names like Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford. Very good quarterbacks, capable quarterbacks. Matt Ryan should have, should have a Super Bowl ring on his finger. I mean, let's be honest, he doesn't. And all that matters is the final score at the end. And some of the minutiae in that regard in those conversations doesn't matter as much when you – have won or you lost it, it, it can be very black and white in that regard uh, but drew Brees, a higher caliber quarterback than matt ryan and matthew stafford i just i am more confident maybe this is the best way i'll put it i'm more confident in joe burrow reaching that potential of becoming the next matt mm, ryan or matthew okay. stafford than i am in confidence level of baker mayfield maybe ever finally reaching that potential I could definitely see that.
2: Like I said a lot has to go right for Baker to reach that full potential. And he's got whereas, a lot of
1: good parts around him in that organization right now.
2: Whereas with Joe, he's going to be in a very safer uh, a more safe environment obviously with the uh, zach zach taylor zach taylor yeah excuse me in my mind i was like zach brown i was like zach
1: brown you know me i'm the king of second guessing myself with names jason peters and marcus peters
2: zach taylor yes that guy (laughs) 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 but i mean when you're looking at you know he, he appears to be a young coach that they are willing to be patient with that they are willing to give all the ample opportunities and resources and i think they did a good job in terms of cleaning out some of the dysfunction within the organization from a player standpoint that definitely will help them out so for Joe I do think that he has I don't want to say the easier setup but it's a more favorable situation for him whereas with Baker we all know they still are on a one-year thing right now if this doesn't work this season in terms of nine ten wins playoff appearance they're gonna blow the whole roster up we know this
1: oh if they have another six seven win season it's eight and eight they're
2: blowing the roster up Mm -hmm. we know for a fact so in that regard there is a lot more pressure on that organization on baker to perform and to produce and when you mix that in with the different personalities that are on that team offensively and defensively a lot of personalities you you, yes i believe they say it's combustion mm-hmm. it's one of those situations elements It's very combustible yeah. so when you're when you're factoring all that that situation doesn't uh, it's high it's high risk high reward though hmm. it could work and it could hit a home run but if you're putting the money down I personally I would like to go with the safer best so I would go more Joe burrow in that situation yeah. in Cincinnati than I would for a baker right now
1: so I think we're on the same page there yeah yeah
2: but if I had to start my roster give me baker just right now
1: Yeah, and again, I guess right in the scenario that I laid out, right, like, oh, you're playing a Madden franchise mode where you get the fantasy-style draft... Like you get to build the team around Baker and right. you get to pick your head coach and, and, and I like
2: me as the head coach and GM over anything that they've done in Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean over anything they've done in Cleveland.
1: Just Me too. Although I don't want to lose you to the Browns organization.
2: Come on, man. Don't disrespect me like that, man.
1: I can't But go if the you, Browns you know, if the Browns offer you head coach and GM title, you know, you become the Bill Belichick and the uh, Bill O'Brien of the they Browns organization. They still got the owner
2: over there. I'm not feeling, man. Just
1: just bring me in in some role.
2: can can, can Mr. Rooney be my owner over there? What if I could be the owner?
1: I would like that. I just a lot. gotta hit the power ball a couple times and then like I'll that. then I'll buy the Browns. Hey, hey, but guess what? We...
2: Guess what? Guess what? With the new NFL proposal, we would get better draft picks in the third oh, round. This yes. is perfect.
1: No. <laughs> we got it all figured out. We got this guy. See, that's why every that's why the power grid, that's why they love it. We've got all the answers <laughs> to all the world's problems. Tune in next. Boom. Tune in next, where we'll solve world hunger on tomorrow's <laughs> show. <laughs> Arthur Motes, Wesley are having some fun here inside the electric factory. Hopefully you're smiling and laughing along, laughing along part of me with us on this Tuesday as well. One last break to get here to pay the bills. And then when we come back, we'll wrap up the show with some final quarterback conversation. We'll return to the Steelers side of things. With this quarterback conversation, we'll also get to some of these tweets as we wrap up. Last chance to get your questions in now at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats on your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR.
1: Wrapping up the show on a Tuesday, Arthur Motz, Wesley Euler having some fun today. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Quarterbacks have been mostly the topic du jour today. Obviously a lot of Ben Roethlisberger. So let me ask you this, Arthur Motz. This was the, uh, You know, I feel like the whole two months before you and I went back on the radio after our hiatus in February, everyone in Pittsburgh, right, the conversation related to quarterbacks was, well, should the Steelers go out and get a veteran or or a a, a pedigree guy, right? Or Jameis. Or Cam Newton. Famous Jameis. And you and I have had some interesting conversation off air about this, and so I figured it'd be a good way for us to wrap up the show today. There's a lot of different things that play into this, right? Um there's the idea and i think it's fair that has been stated by kevin colbert and mr rooney and some others that mason rudolph is going to be better this year i think that's fair to expect everything he went through last year that kind of trial by fire and being thrown into the starting role six quarters into the season and getting knocked out by earl thomas and all the stuff that transpired in cleveland and him getting pulled and coming back and getting hurt again like that was a heck of a year for mason rudolph Uh, You can can certainly assume that he'll come back stronger and better from that. I think think that is, you know, I'm not going to knock anybody who has that logic. You have also made a very good point along this quarterback conversation where it seems to be the only position, not just here in Pittsburgh, where we do this across the National Football League, where a lot of times people don't want depth or they're not concerned about depth, right? You hear about it, we talk about it all the time. Okay, the defense is really good, but do we have enough depth at linebacker, right? What if Devin Bush goes down? What if what if TJ goes down? You know, what if Bud gets hurt for a couple games? We we really like Edmonds and Minka as the starting safeties, but behind you know what what if one of those guys misses us? We talk about depth a lot with the offensive line, with the wide receivers, with a lot of other positions. But we don't ever want to talk about depth with quarterback when Look at all the teams that have won Super Bowls, right? The Kansas City Chiefs last year, Matt, Matt Moore five, had to play what, five, games? 5
2: games. Teddy Bridgewater Teddy Bridgewater had to play five, 5 games.
1: Let's not talk about the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl with their with their but second then they call, quarterback. Even the
2: next year after they won the Super Bowl, who who got them in the playoffs and won a playoff and game again? won a playoff game again. Come on
1: now. It is a position that is it's just very unique how people kind of prioritize and evaluate that position. I I just want to know if if you're at all not b- bothered is the wrong term, but if if you thought that maybe – if you would have liked to have seen uh, potentially a veteran guy or one of these younger pedigree guys.
2: I mean, for me, yes. Of course I would have liked to have seen them bring in somebody, regardless of the name associated with it, solely for the competition element of it. I think when you talk about competition between a Mason Rudolph, Duck Hodges – Paxton Lynch and a JT Barrett it doesn't make me feel the same way as if you would have thrown a Jameis Winston in that mix Hmm. regardless of how you may personally feel about Jameis I don't really care because when you look at what he's been able to do in an NFL capacity it is more I mean it's double quadruple what any of those guys have done collectively so you can't tell me that he doesn't bolster or, or boost up your QB room with him being right. in there. That's how I always viewed it. People always, like you said, talk about we don't need depth at the quarterback position. We have the quarterback. We have Ben. But I'll give you two names over the past three years where you've seen what it looks like when they don't have depth. Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger. Aaron Rodgers, two out of the past three years, has been hurt. And you saw what the team looked like when he wasn't healthy. They looked terrible. They're wasting away. We saw what the Steelers looked like last year when Ben Roethlisberger went down. We all talked about how it was a lost season. So why is it that when we speak on going all in for Ben this year, right, we're all in. Everybody's all in. We're trying to do whatever it takes to win. How are you going all in to help him win when we've seen just historically how many times has Ben played a full 16-game season regardless of the elbow? How many times? It, it hasn't happened a lot. We talk about each year star quarterbacks go down each year. It always happens. They're always creating new rules in the NFL to protect quarterbacks because they're always getting hurt. Yep. But yet when it comes to looking at getting debt, people are always like, this is crazy. Why would you do that? That's a waste of position. That's a waste of this. That's a waste of that. It's kind of like insurance. Nobody wants insurance on the Lamborghini until you need insurance <laughs> on the Lamborghini. When you, when you crash and you're like, man, now I got to pay for this out of pocket. This sucks. Or they want to go, hey, we got the Lamborghini, but we're going to use, you know, uh, Ford Escort insurance. Let, let's call up the general. Like, 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 no, that's not how you operate. So why is it that when you talk about the quarterback, and we all can agree, it's the most important position on the field. It's the most important position in sports. Why is it that you don't want to have an insurance policy? Why is it that you don't want to make sure that you have adequate backups? And regardless of how you feel about mason because i still think
1: that he can be very successful
2: because this right, there
1: might be some people listening right now that are thinking yeah, yeah moats but mason is going right. to be I, all those i'm things very excited just, about
2: yeah. mason but i would still love to see mason in a capacity where he's not walking in knowing for a fact that he's better than duck hodges and paxton lynch and jt barrett i would love to see him have to compete with a a, a, a james Winston or a cam newton or whichever quarterback you want to bring up to have to earn that second spot because let's be real if he beats him out Is that having any effect or or anything on Ben Roethlisberger being the starting quarterback? Nope. Is there any quarterback you're going to sign off the street today that's going to have any effect on Ben Roethlisberger being the quarterback? Nope, I don't think so. So why is it that when we talk about trying to bolster your second and third quarterback on this roster, and we know historically Kevin Colbert likes to keep three quarterbacks anyways. So you're going to tell me that we don't want to bring in anybody to improve that room? If you feel this high about Mason and now Mason competes and he wins that number two spot. Even better. Even better. But if he doesn't, if Mason's your third quarterback, you I, st- I still feel way more confident in that regard. Sure, But then I'll take it a step further. In practice, the starting defense isn't going to be seeing Ben Roethlisberger. They're going to see that two, that three quarterback. Do you really think these guys seeing him any of those quarterbacks I just named, whether it was a Jameis or as a Cam Newton, just because those are the hot names. I'm not saying that that's the guys I sure, want personally, sure. but they're the hot names. So That's for, what everyone
1: was debating in Pittsburgh right. for two months.
2: So for talking purposes, if we're using those two guys, you don't think our defense facing them every day, they're going to improve? You don't think it's going to help the defense? I could tell you firsthand. I was going to say, you sound like you're speaking from personal experience I can tell you firsthand here. when we brought in Mike Vick. How much of a challenge it was for us defensively in practice every day because he was able to make NFL caliber throws. He was able to actually, hey man, if I don't see this, I'm gonna break the pocket and run. I can do things that I've done on Sunday. Not when they would, and this is no offense to Landry Jones, but when Landry would be in there, it's like if he's throwing the ball 10 times, I better get 10 interceptions. It's a different mentality, it's a different mindset because he hadn't proven anything at the NFL level to where we felt we should respect his ability. But it's different when you have a quarterback that's been out here and been, been to Pro Bowls. I mean, you're talking about Cam Newton and James Winston. One is an MVP. Mm-hmm. It went through for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Like, when we're when we're talking about these And they're things, both
1: still in their 20s.
2: Right. Yeah. Because I always like to throw up the 5,000 passing yards, 30 touchdowns, because everybody's like, oh, yeah, 30, 30 picks. Oh, okay, well, he still had to throw 30 touchdowns and 5,000 yards in the NFL, Right. So those thirty picks don't wipe. You could pick one or two that he could wipe out, but not both of them. So you could say the thirty watches out the thirty touchdowns. But what about the five thousand passing yards? Or you say the thirty interceptions wipes out the five thousand passing yards. Okay, cool. What about thirty touchdowns? Because that's something that not a lot of people have done. Mm-hmm. So when I'm when, when I look at that and I think of that, I say to myself, man, that could improve this team. And then the highly unlikely, what? Well, not even highly unlikely, because like I said, historically speaking, your starting quarterback. It's going to miss time Even
1: if it's just he gets knocked out of a game And He's go, two right. or three quarters
2: He's going to miss time I would feel a lot more comfortable One of those guys going in there A guy with a better resume Than the uncertainty of a Mason Or if Mason were to be hurt
1: It's the same reason It's the same reason people felt more confident When Charlie Batch or Bion Lefkowitz exactly. Was coming into the game As opposed to young Landry
2: exactly, Or young man. Josh Dobbs exactly. It's the same thing Same exact thing but it's only when it talks to quarterbacks, nobody wants that. If this was wide receiver, this was linebacker, you know how many times people are like, competition, man, competition, man, competition. man, we, we only got Bud Dupree and TJ, we need to bring somebody else in this outside linebacker room. Whoa, I'm glad we drafted. I'm glad we drafted Alex Highsmith. That's huge. That's a major upgrade. Let us have taken Jalen Hurts in that second
1: round Ooh. or the third round. What are you like doing? Eagle, like Eagles fans. Yeah. This, lambasting the organization the for The Green that Bay pick. Packers. Lambasting the, the organization for The Green Bay that Packers.
2: Pick. You saw that with them. I'm like, man, are, are – the thing that killed about the Green Bay Packers, I'm like, are y'all forgetting what, not this past season, a year ago when he played five, six games and we saw how bad that team looked? Are we forgetting that? Are we forgetting the Green Bay Packers team that came into Pittsburgh with, was it Kaiser? Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. It was no, no, Huntley. No, no, no. Kaiser was in Cleveland. Foster it was, was Huntley. In Cleveland. It was, was uh, yep. Brett Huntley. Huntley. Are we forgetting <laughs> what that looked like? Are we forgetting that? Come on now. That's a quarterback position, though, when you don't have the right insurance, the right depth at quarterback, that's what it looks like. So I would hate for a season to be lost because you have another injury at quarterback and because we didn't want to – I don't know whose feelings you'd be hurting because I don't even view Ben in that regard that he would even feel threatened by any of these guys because there is – I mean, we're talking quarterbacks that could, quote, unquote, threaten Ben's legacy or his name. Because I don't want to say his legacy, but his name, say Karen Pittsburgh, Brady and Brees. The, there's there's not and a, I still don't even there, think in Pittsburgh
1: they could there's not a realistic quarterback that you could bring to Pittsburgh right now that if Ben goes out and struggles week one and week two the fan base would be saying, put that guy in over like, Ben. I, I don't there's see it. Not, realistically, there's not—because you're right. It. Maybe Brady or Breeze, but realistically, not, neither of those guys are going to be on the Steelers this year. And, and neither not would be backups for—, for like, Right, right. So so, so it's, it's not realistic. There's no realistic name that you can exactly. put there. Even if it's Cam Newton, a guy with MVP, a guy with pedigree, if Ben struggles for the first two weeks of the season, there's not going to be Steelers fans that are saying, put in Cam Newton. Not at all. And another thing, mozi along that li- those lines that really bothers me that I heard so many people saying over the last two months— with the reason, the reason that you don't go out and bring someone in, right, for for competition, for depth, and for all this, is because you don't you don't have you don't want to have to change your offense if Ben goes out. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad you laughed and before, before I could, right, because you're telling me you didn't have to change the offense last no, year when no, Ben no. went out. We, we ran the
2: exact same, offense, the exact with same offense with Duck and with Mason right? as we did with Ben. In, in fact, when Dobbs went down. We ran the exact same. Remember, people were going crazy. Man, why are y'all running the offense like this with Dobbs? Why does it look like this with Dobbs? No, 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 no. Remember, we don't change the offense. We want not change the offense with these guys. Okay.
1: Mike Tomlin's okay. Mike Tomlin's going out there in press conferences after victories and being asked about Devlin Duck Hodges. He and he's didn't saying, kill us. He didn't kill us. He didn't kill us. <laughs> but you're telling me they're not changing the offense whatever Ben went out last year? Uh, that excuse that I heard so many times from people that I respect in this city, media members that I respect in this city. It's you can't the, bring in Cam Newton. You, you can't bring that. in Cam Newton because you'd have to change the offense too much. What? Like you didn't have to do that for Duck? The low-hanging fruit. Come on, man. You know how this goes. And also, uh, I brought up this example, right, of the the John Elway, the ride out into the sunset earlier. That first season of, the, of their back-to-back titles, right? Mm-hmm. They beat the Packers in 97 and then the Falcons, the Falcons in 98. In 97... Yeah. The Broncos, the Chiefs won the division that year. The Broncos, in the divisional round, had to go to Arrowhead Stadium mm. to play the Kansas City Chiefs mm. on the road in the playoffs without John Elway. Mm. Bubby Brister goes into Arrowhead Bobby. Stadium, right? I'm bringing this all full circle with the Talk Steelers. Bubby Brister goes into Arrowhead Stadium, wins the Broncos that playoff game. Without that, Maybe John Elway never gets the the ring, or maybe he does the yeah. next. Maybe he does the next year, but who knows? But you, you got to
2: think too. During that time, the way John Elway was viewed, they weren't knowing like a hundred percent. Like, okay, this is going to be the guy we can legit ride with and go
1: with and actually win this one because right. he hadn't proven because up until that point. Exactly, he was almost like I'm trying to think who you could compare him to. Matt Ryan. Yeah, but if it, if Matt Ryan had been to two more Super Bowls and, and lost them Correct. both, yeah, maybe some. Yeah. I- I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, a guy who's gotten there a bunch of times but has lost every time. It, but you can't, like, I was thinking yeah. LeBron. You can't even say LeBron because he also had plenty of successes on Correct. that stage. And
2: LeBron was still, during that time, viewed as the most dominant player right. in the game right. during that time. I mean, right. people would debate him and Kobe, but Elway wasn't in that vein just
1: yet. We've seen it in history with like Jim Kelly, maybe. Okay, and there's another great one. Yeah. In those four straight Super Bowl runs, that fourth year for the Bills, right? Mm -hmm. When Jim Kelly was hurt, who got the Bills to the Super Bowl? Who won that epic playoff game against the Houston Oilers, the biggest comeback in postseason NFL Mm -hmm. history? Mm -hmm. Frank Reich, the -hmm. backup. You're right. Uh, I mean. If the Bills end up winning that Super Bowl instead of losing, it's it's the backup quarterback role got them right. like absolutely. We're we're talking historical examples. We're talking the Nick Foles, the recent example, the last year. The Chiefs might have still made the playoffs because their division wasn't very good, but they wouldn't have had that fir- they wouldn't have had they, that it, buy and all, all that correct. without those five games from Matt Moore correct. The Saints might not have made the playoffs last year if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't correct. come in and go five and zero oh, correct. I'm with you. It, it's. There's just, we make so many excuses like, oh, you don't want to change the offense or you don't want to. You don't want to offend the quarterback. When I think that's a waste of a position. When, yeah, exactly. It's going to be Ben's team here in Pittsburgh regardless. It's only a waste of a
2: position (laughs) until you need it. Exactly. Nobody wants to pay for car insurance until you need that insurance. Now you're like, man, I should have paid a little bit more for my my coverage, man. I could have got way more for this. Mm.
1: You know, I never bought that extra protection when I bought a new TV. Mm. Until I cracked a screen a couple mm. years ago, moving from uh, from Pittsburgh to hey, Ohio. Hey.
2: I, I never I never wanted to pay for trip insurance until I needed it recently, mm-hmm. and I said, "Ooh, this is why you pay a little extra for the trip insurance, so they give you your cash back and not a trip
1: credit." Okay, there we go. There we go. With your answers to all the world's problems, Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler. What do you say we do this again tomorrow, Motes? Sounds like a plan, man. I'll be here. Thanks to everybody who chimed in today on the show. You know, we appreciate it as always, and we'll talk to Yins tomorrow. Same time, same place, high noon. And as always, on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.